Oh, hey, I'm glad you're here. Welcome to part two, or song two, shall we say, of Dancing at the Blue Iguana, is the film, and the guest is Jenna McAllister. Uh, this conversation was so great, we had to break it into two parts. The previous part is is up already, and this is part two, song song two, if you will. This is for the bottoms. Uh, to catch you up on the film, uh, something's amiss with Jennifer Tilly. She's thrown up outside of the club. Some of the ladies have had a standoff about regulars. Uh, the bookstore guys are kind of gross. Uh, Elias Codius is spying in a car, and a girl shows up to dance for Eddie Hazel. She's auditioning. So we talked about, uh, about auditions. That's uh, as far as we made it into the film, because this world is fascinating. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, thank you for heading on over to the Patreon and supporting the show. It really helps. Uh, thank you for going to the uh, Instagram and the Twitter. Uh, thank you for your questions, comments, and concerns. And uh, without further ado, let's get right to it. The film is Dancing at the Blue Iguana. The guest is Jenna McAllister. And this is VHS. So she gets the job. I'm running a pretty tight joint here. No drugs, no hand jobs, no blow jobs, no fucking. Uh, you already answered this question that the rules change from place to place, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A uh, strange man shows up at a hotel and we get the, the DJ voice. Ladies and gentlemen, she fell from the sky, the celestial angel. So some places you have DJs, mm-hmm. some you do not. Um, I think it's time of day. I haven't, okay. I haven't worked at too many clubs, but I'm pretty sure there's always a DJ at night. Um, in the afternoons, usually up until, some clubs are, start DJing at five or six, some at nine. Ours, ours starts at nine. Um, otherwise, you just kind of like go up and kind of star yourself. But yeah, usually they'll have like, next up is this person. Yeah. Ha-ha, welcome to the stage, the beautiful so-and-so. Don't forget to tip the dancers. Tip the dancers, please. Yeah. yeah. The new girl's trying to fit in, and there's a lot of powdering and lotioning happening backstage. This feels like a fantasy from the director. Is that what it's like backstage, that you're constantly powdering and lotioning each other? And Strippers don't wear lotion. You're not allowed to wear lotion. Any stripper who wears lotion gets in trouble with other strippers. There you go. See, we need pole grip. Got so it. So we need to be sticky. I, I had to stop wearing lotion completely, even on my days off, to make sure that I wasn't, like, ruining the pole mm. for everyone. Mm-hmm. So... We do powder ourselves, but we are usually putting gunky stuff on our sticky parts and trying to, like, also, there's most of the... Well, Wait, I'm sorry. Gunky <laughs> stuff on your sticky part? That's my next song. Um, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. The that's things, the third act. The things that you plan on sticking to the pole. Like, if you're trying to climb the pole, there's parts of your body that you're like, I would like to have this not slide. Got it. Um, yeah, so the glamour of putting, like weird dry hands on while also being like flirty with people is really interesting little like (laughs) behind the scenes moment yeah also backstage it's a little less powdering and like glamour and more like checking your asshole out Mm -hmm. a lot of i see almost every time i go backstage i feel like someone's at least like looking like they'll like squat or like they'll bend over to look at your butthole in the mirror wait why just to make sure everything's looking good (laughs) okay Actually, I'm actually sort of surprised. I feel like I, I'm like, do I not take good enough care of myself? Because I really yeah. don't check my asshole that often. Yeah. You just want to make sure there's no, like, fuzzy hair, like, sure. sticking out of your okay. stuff. That yeah. has happened to me before where I'll be in a position where I'll, like, be leaning back and, like, spread my legs out for my coochie to be fully exposed. And there'll be, like, a tuft of hair. <laughs> a tuft of hair? <laughs> like, popping out. Oh, no. Just, like, right, just right on my lips. And then you're just like, And ah. there's, like, the glow and there's, like, somehow glitter on it. And you're like, why is the light... 
beaming in this way where it's almost like a spotlight on the tuft of hair from the shower that I like didn't take off. One person's just like, interesting choice. Yeah, they're like, how'd you groom it like that, lady? (laughs) I never knew I was into that until right now. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So that's that's part of it. You're like, there's so many like curves and like it's 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 a there's a lot of making sure you're maintaining things well like some people don't use toilet paper because they're scared the little bits of the thin paper are gonna get caught up in your stuff so wipes then a lot of baby wipes got it stripper must everyone has everyone likes a stripper with a big thing of baby wipes they're willing to share (laughs) Mm -hmm. so you get the job show up lots of wipes yeah this this is how you make friends at a strip club everyone (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or being a patron so with them too is fine. <laughs> show up to make it rain with just wipes. Oh, would would do. There would do. Be dangerous, probably. <laughs> she performs, and Eddie Hazel gets a disturbing call of a woman sobbing that he continually listens to for a portion of the film, and I did not understand what was happening. No idea. I okay. was like, is he into it? Is does he like it? Is he concerned? And does yeah. is, are his hands tied? Well, and then I was worried. I was like, oh no. Like, I, here I have asked her to watch this movie and it's going to become so disturbing. <laughs> it's like but, really triggering. But it doesn't. This movie is so interesting because every scene is so short. Mm-hmm. It's just like a chunk of life, chunk of life, chunk of life. And it just keeps moving and it feels kind of disjointed in a way. Like, because they're seeing five people's stories, but it's all kind of thrown together. It's interesting because it's long takes, yeah. short scenes. Yes, really short scenes. Yeah. And a lot of variants in them. Yeah, so many. Then we got Jennifer Tilly giving an interesting lap dance. Uh, <laughs> the new girl brings in Coke Bro, and he doesn't have money for a dance, and she says she'll do it anyway. Do you, as a performer, have the ability to... Heck no. No. Heck no. I'm never going to give a free dance. Yeah. Even if like a partner comes in or someone I have a crush on, I'm like, you're going to pay me, and then I'm going to ruin your life. <laughs> Let's do this. I've actually had some crossover with friends. Oh, okay. Some some will get private dances. It's like a safe place to flirt with somebody you have a crush on in your oh, friend you group, go. you know? It's mm-hmm. so fun. Such a great time. Um, again, sexuality should be explored and like safe and non-taboo in a lot of regards. Yeah. But if someone's not willing to pay, my perception, I don't know if it was like I half heard it or something, but I thought... He came in for a dance, and she was, like, going to give him some extra stuff. I thought that was how I... That's how I perceived it. I think you're right. I think you're right. Where he was like, ooh, you're going to kind of give me a blowjob right now. Uh, Yeah. But I can't, I can't quite remember because it was a little late when I was, when I was watching it last night. But Yeah, um, I was making notes at the time, so I think yeah. um, that could have been the scenario. I think she wanted to be his girlfriend. Got it. And I think she was like, whatever you want. And I've definitely, like, off, off the record, but yes. actually on, on the record, I guess. Like, I've given, like, discounts before sure. for, for people where I'm like, oh, yeah. especially if you buy more than one sometimes, here and there, depending, um, I think there's there's a there, you need to be charging yeah. a regular price but if you're going to do a package of like five dances here and there are you, sometimes are you straddling them and leaning into their ear and being like so today's special is five dances for 38.95 each as yeah. opposed to 48 each we yeah. also have a groupon for that we have a groupon <laughs> boob job yeah <laughs> one time i was working and we were all leaving and my coworker was like let's have a groupon group hug <laughs> Oh, there you go. Sorry, I thought that was cute. If somebody, like, do you have scheduled times uh, to be on stage? And mm-hmm. if somebody, <clears throat> for instance, buys a brick of, that's what I'll call them, uh, dances, lap dances, does it can that throw off your schedule? Or do mm-hmm. you have to be like, I'll finish those two after my time? Or yeah. how, do you, how do you navigate all the scheduling part? I know, it's a crazy life, you guys. <laughs> um, to finish that last statement, pay full price, everyone. There you go. 
Don't never expect a discount. And if, if someone ever gives you a discount, buy them an extra drink or pay for their stage fee. Or tip. Or more. just tip. Just tip the whole thing. Yeah. Just tip. I just, I don't want to like sell anyone short and have anyone assume that they can get a discount because you know a stripper. Yeah. That's the most ridiculous thing I've seen way too often. Um, but yeah, there's a rotation. So usually there's like six girls on, on a night and you'll just, you'll check in with the DJ when you're ready to go up and you'll say, okay, you're after so-and-so. And then you always know you're after so-and-so. Got it. Two songs each. Mm-hmm. And then if you're giving a bunch of dances to someone, usually they're like, down to hang out and you'll say okay well i have to be up i have to be up after this next person do you want to wait and do our dances after you see me on stage or do you want to do a couple now and hang out like and that's sort of like how it goes and i think it's nice too because a lot of the patrons are interested in having you as their like arm candy for the night so it's kind of fun to just say like oh yeah i'll hang out with you over here and over here and back there and you know so we we try and make sure that no one gets skipped because sometimes it's exhausting to be on stage super yeah. often or whatever. So, And then how long is the shift for you usually? Um, our shifts are at Devil's Point and Lucky at their noon to five, mm. four to nine, and nine to close. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or like was nine it, to 2.30. There's such athleticism involved. I was just curious for like, it seems exhausting. Oh yeah. If someone calls out um, on a mid or a day shift and you have to do three song sets and there are some clubs, I think Sassy's is like this and Lycopolis and a mm. couple other ones where you do way longer sets than we do. Like three songs or more, yeah. or like you're on stage for 20 minutes or something that I'm like, I'm so curious because I want to try and dance somewhere like that and yeah. just get super ripped somehow. But and depending on the club, like Devil's Point has a static pole that doesn't move. So, oh, right. Yeah, you don't spin on it. Sometimes I feel like 10 times more exhausted after uh. a couple shifts at Devil's Point. But yeah, it's nice to break up the dances and only do two two song sets. And in the movie, we don't get a lot of their names. We get a little. But that is the big cliche thing. People are always like, how do you get your stripper name? It's like the street you lived on and the last <laughs> thing you had for breakfast or whatever. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like an online generator. Yeah, exactly. And there's a ton of them. Uh, how did you come up with your stage name? Great question. Um, Thank you. So Thank you. when I first applied to be, I applied, <laughs> applied online for my new career. Yes. Um, I used the name Kitty, and that was so that was my original name. I did, did use that for about six months, and I I thought of that because I'm I'm a performer, I'm an actor, and I'll I build characters, mm-hmm. and I enjoy that, and. Um, I had a character that I created who was this like badass, sexy, kind of like dom woman named Kitty Kawasaki. And I was like building her at the time. So I was like, I guess I'll call her Kitty. And then I realized I was like, oh wait, taken out of context. That is just like such a, I'm like, I'm surprised there weren't more kitties when I was auditioning. I'm surprised there's not a ton. Yeah. There's one now and I love her. She's great. But, um, yes. So I started off as Kitty because of that. And then I was at six months later, I was like really looking for a new name. And I was like, I want it to be something that I really enjoy that sticks out. That's not just like Jennifer, mm-hmm. you know, I, cinnamon. I, I wanted something fun because I had all these, all, uh, so many coworkers that just, <laughs> cinnamon's great. That's my next one. <clears throat> but coworkers who like, you know, a lot of times it trickles into your life. I have yeah. a lot of coworkers who just go by their stripper name, especially in Portland because it's sure. such a thing. It's like such, it's like celebrity culture here. It's like, you see, you see Cobra out getting coffee. Hi, Cobra. Oh. And, um. Is there a thigh priestess? There might as well be. Yeah. I would I love that. that. I love that pun. Um, <clears throat> but I came up with Gidget because I think I was at, I was at a show. I was at a Krung Bin show at like, um, I don't even know if that's how you pronounce them. <laughs> but they have, uh, 
they have this like really amazing aesthetic that's very it, it all kind of works really well together with the type of music that they play mm. and it's all kind of like 70s mm-hmm. and it's so i i loved that like time stamp on their aesthetic and yeah. how they just get there's so much freedom in that and you can play with it so much and it takes you to a place yeah and like that night at that show i was like gidget there it is yes because i used to watch the sally field show I don't know if you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so it was like 1964, I think, when it came out. It's and great. I used to watch the entire series with my mom every summer. Oh, that's wonderful. We were totally obsessed, and I, like, wanted to be her so bad. And I had this, like, huge, like, performer love crush on Sally Field. I mean, she's brilliantly talented. Is your mom like, I think we were watching a different show, because <laughs> your interpretation of Gidget's You're like, different. oh, I didn't know she was a total hoe. <laughs> uh, I know. I called my mom, and I was like, what do you think? Because I came out to her. I mean, I'm a terrible liar, so it's all... Obviously, I can't keep a secret to save my yeah. life. But um, yeah, they ended up finding out, and it's been a total journey. But we're all like great now, my my whole family. But That's um, good. but yeah, so I called her and I was like, "What about Gidget?" And she's like, "You're such a Gidget." <laughs> <laughs> Although it's I like I have some regrets. Like uh, while I love that name, and while people are, you know, they yeah. remember it. Um, it's so hard for people to understand because not everyone knows what Gidget is. So they're like, "Oh, from that one." It's like some like a bunch of random movies. I think there's other Gidget characters oh, I only out there. Know the one, yeah. There's like a gremlin. I think that people are calling Gidget that I I don't know. And people are like, oh, like a. You mean Gizmo? Yeah, they think it's Gizmo. Oh, Gizmo, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, no. <laughs> I'm not Gizmo. I'm, I'm Gidget. Literally not a gremlin, but thanks anyway. <laughs> They're um, like, oh, the female gremlin. Got it. Got it. The lady. The the feminine. Feminine. Feminine grim. Yeah, or people who are like, oh, feminine like, grim is yeah, great. Fem grim. <laughs> <laughs> or like, uh, oh, like a fidget spinner, or oh. like a gadget, like Gizmo gadget, or like go go gidget. Go and go. I'm like, okay, we're we're trying. <laughs> or some people think I'm saying DJ because it's loud, or oh. digit, like digits. And I'm like, oh, like finger. Like fingers. And I'm like, cool, I regret everything. Yeah. But I'm actually going to stick to it. So <laughs> That's good. I like that. I mm. would go with Utah Beef Straw, I think would be my stripper name. Oh, I love a good rhyme. Yeah. It goes, it's kind of like Groupon Boob Job. Yeah, know, it's exactly. Kinda. I know. People know me more as Groupon <clears throat> Boob Job than Gidget. I, so often people come in and they're like, I'll follow you on Instagram. I hope this isn't weird. And you're like, just the way you're talking from the 1920s. I'm like, why are you talking like this? <laughs> so, <laughs> Groupon Boob Job is here on the flesh. <laughs> yes, she is. Oh, man. So Jennifer Tilly comes out on stage, and she is on fire. And in the film, they show some girls work the floor, and some girls do the pole. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you have a signature move? Uh, We've seen, like, there was one lady we saw in a club once that had the big, chunky shoes, and she would just, like, slam them on the stage. That was her Mm. move. She'd do, like, the splits, like you were saying, and she would slam her toes against the stage, and everyone's like, whoa. That's a good one. Yeah. Do you have, like, a cartwheel or something that you do that's uh yeah just full backflips um no (laughs) just just Just, standing backs that's why you can't do 20 minutes i just stand and look like i'm punching a punching bag oh nice no um (laughs) and then then, so you take the top off then four minutes of just standing punching yes then drop the bottom and just four minutes of standing punching (laughs) yes exactly i'm an actual action figure that's awesome um yeah some people would be so confused and eventually into it they'd come around i think i just try to convert as many people again the confused boner thing is like my mo i just want people to like not know why they're horny um <laughs> i don't necessarily have a a staple move yeah um more fluid more yeah i guess yeah like it depends on the audience i'm so much more because i come i come from a performance background so i'm so much more my strong suit lies in like okay all these guys are have dead face yeah how do i either change their dead face or just suck it up and cater to it mm. 
So then sometimes there'll be floor work and like get a little closer. It depends. Like I was, again, I was watching this with my partner and they were like, do you make less money doing floor work? And I was like, it depends. At Devil's Point, a lot of people want to see you hanging upside down. So they'll tip crazy yeah. if you're, because it's a very stage performance based club. Mm-hmm. And and then at some other clubs, it's or sometimes like getting near the customer excites them so much. I guess one of my signatures is probably some, like, twerky garbage and, like, trying to encourage people to, like, fan me down with ones. Ah, uh, there you go. I'm like, oh, can you just please? It feels so good. Just throw some ones on my butt and see if I can keep them on there, which means you need to pay me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, actually. So it's a lot of, for me, my, none of my sets are ever the same. Mm-hmm. I usually kind of base off, a lot of times I really just like bantering because it's, it's always the same. Like you said, it's like constant repetition. There's really not a lot going on. It's sure. like you go on stage, you get off stage. There's people who sometimes sit there. But like somehow it's like infinite material mm-hmm. for comedy. And so I'll, you know, I try and like judge up the room a little bit and have some fun. And, and that, that can be really, it's always interesting. It's always like such a wild ride at the club. Yeah. Does that catch people off guard? They're like, she's telling jokes up here. Oh my God. hundred percent. Yeah. And sometimes they're just total fails. Sometimes people build houses with ones. Um, you know, have you seen that before no. where they're like, I'm going to fold these With the little ones. triangles and... Yeah, they'll like stack them as like a house and I'm like wondering if they want me to step on it or sit on it. Right. One time I just blew it over and asked if that was what breath play was. Nice. <laughs> they were like, I don't think I... that They probably weren't into like the kids. He's like, world. actually, no, breath play. Like, just... <laughs> actually, no, let me take out my dictionary and like tell you, like, <laughs> you obviously don't have a FetLife account. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, I guess my signature is... is Mixing it up. Yeah. 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 That's good. Keeps it new every time. Totally. I'm not late. I'm not late. I'm not late. So then they offer to make an appointment for Jennifer Tilly to get an abortion. That is like the biggest drama I feel like in the movie is this that one person doesn't want to take care of themselves in a way. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's very, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Daryl Hannah in the office to foster a child. This is probably my least favorite scene so so uncomfortable because i really love children and i really feel that i could give them a a safe and happy place to be while they're waiting for their parents to get out of rehab and just the way they show her in the shoes with this you know 1990s Mm -hmm. i know it's 2000 but stripper clothes like they portray her that she doesn't even have normal clothes yeah like i don't think it's a problematic film portrayal but Mm -hmm. it is sort of one-sided it's a little unnecessary yeah i mean it's it's almost comedic yeah and i feel like that's at that point then you're kind of making fun of somebody Mm -hmm. so i I don't know i just i felt like it was like one foot in one foot out they were trying to portray something but they weren't it's like go all in or don't and so that's kind of the issue i had with that entire character well like why doesn't she have a second side like sandra o's character has she likes poetry. She's like well read. She's an intelligent person. There you have something that's going to play against what we've seen in previous movies. But then right. you have Daryl Hannah, where she is portrayed as dim as could be. Yeah, one hundred percent damsel uh, in distress yeah, all the time. Exactly. And like her only facet was just being like comically stupid, right? And like not know how to take care of herself. And then everything that kind of happens at the end, which which you'll probably get oh, to. Oh yeah, you could. At us. Yeah. Yeah, where, like, there's this, like, handsome, total stalker, creepy guy, and she's, like, in love with him, and then he disappears and gives her money or something. Yeah. I was like, what is that? What is happening? Also, also, why why are you, like, outside, smoking alone, (laughs) in, like, almost naked, in, like, an alleyway? Yeah. Yeah. 
where there's a man who's literally got like a point and shoot at you, like staring at you obsessively. Yeah, it's really gross. And then she like loves him for it. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, you're the man who sent me flowers, oh, you creep. I love you so attention. much. Attention. Yeah, it was so bizarre. Uh, the next performance is set to another of the worst songs for stripping ever. <laughs> this movie's soundtrack is mind-boggling. Yes. It's so terrible, uh, which means it's time to play a little game, top or bottom. And in this game, I'll name a song and you tell me if it's a good song, we'll say that's top, and or a bad song for stripping, and we'll say that's bottom. Amazing. Okay. There's only five. Okay, I'm like, I hope I recognize them by the title. You might have to sing. Is that okay with you? Uh, no. Okay, so the great. first song we'll is... See. Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven. Good song or bad song? Woof. You know, I'm all for a a campy song, but that's a hard no for me because I will cry. Yeah, it's a song about a dead kid. It's terrible. It's It's not a good one. Tragic. Okay. I Touch Myself by the Divinals. I would do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Three. uh, R.E.M.'s Everybody Hurts. Mm, I think I have danced to that before. What? It kind of depends. But I've danced to, like, confusing Bjork songs. So That's I'm... true. We did talk about this confusing boner situation. Yes, exactly. I might. I, I might have actually done that. Okay. Number four, Soft Cell, Sex Dwarf. I don't know how that one goes. Yeah, that's okay. It's, uh... It's What's a, it about? It's about a sex dwarf. Do, I would so, do it. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty great. I mean, I think you would say little people now, but also it's implying that they're getting sex, so maybe it's okay. I'm I danced, sure. I found this song on, on like, I don't know, I was like in a rabbit hole on Spotify the other week, and it was like, I want to have, I want to make love to a mannequin, and he like repeats oh. the words to a mannequin. Just over and over. Yeah, and I danced to that for some reason, so I, I, I would probably put that on the docket. I like that. It was bizarre. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one. Motley Crue, girls, girls, girls. Two on the nose. Mm. cliche god it's sometimes if you can make it tasteful it depends on who you are as a performer uh-huh. or like who's in the audience sometimes I'll play things I don't necessarily love to do but if I'm trying to like get people in the zone right so I, it wouldn't be a hard no it'd be a switch top or bottom I'll call okay. it a switch perfect then we get a flashback with a girl and Elias Codius he's super young in this scene uh, less less disturbing than the rest of his career Mm-hmm. Daryl Hannah and Sandra O oh have weed, and Daryl Hannah says some questionable things that might be perceived as pretty racist mm-hmm. uh, as they decide to clean up so she could adopt the child. We then have Jennifer Tilly goes to the doctor, has an awkward scene about abortion, and is smoking in, in the waiting room, and it's pretty insane. Everybody doesn't have a happy, cheerful, chirpy life like oh, you do, all right? Okay? Everybody's not here to have a baby. I'm a, fuck you! Yeah, it's a lot to unpack. Uh, many ladies I've seen have uh, oh wait that's a weird transition <laughs> Angel gets a huge flower delivery which you touched on earlier I know a lot of performers have Amazon wish lists and things how does that gifting kind of situation work and does it ever get awkward are the gifts given in person are they mailed to mm-hmm. the club yeah um I haven't had a lot of experience with it because I I don't know why I haven't really made one for myself, mm. but um, yeah, usually things will get mailed to a club. A lot of times, it's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I love your stuff. Like, I love seeing you online or whatever. And I have, I have some people who live far away mm-hmm. who may or may not have already met me in person, but like want to show their appreciation for what I do or my butt or I don't know, and want to like find a fun, clever way of like paying. And usually, I just sell photos or something like that. But um, you can also 
send like a wish list and they'll they'll usually mail it to the club just for safety purposes. Yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah. Um, sometimes I have some some customers will come in being like, I got you like a diamond necklace and I'll like hand deliver it. Wow. Um, it depends on your relationship with the person. Oh, I had okay. uh, one of my favorite people come comes in all the time and he doesn't usually sit at the rack, but he's just like the kindest, sweetest man and um. For Christmas, I think it was, he made me a gidget spinner. So he he bought, he bought a fidget spinner. And oh, then like, I get it. <laughs> he was like, he wrote this card and he's like, I'm sorry, this is like the creepiest shit you'll probably ever get. Um, I just, I thought it was funny, so I had to do it. Um, He like printed off photos of me off of Instagram what? onto this like sticky, like thicker paper. And he like glued these photos of me wow. on the corners of the of the fidget spinner. And he's like, here you go. I hope you like That's it. That's really thoughtful though. It, I loved it. My mom was like, that's creepy. And I'm like, it's amazing, mom. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I have it to this day. Like I, I always talk about it and like have it with me because i like that i love it too i think that like i disagree with my mom i think that being able to like show that kind of affection and like appreciation for someone i'm also just a gift giver i enjoy doing that i love making things for people or finding something being like so and so would love this like keychain i found at whole foods i don't know (laughs) that's a terrible example i'm usually like thrifting or something and i'll be like or versions of shopping or seem like people that have never shopped before you're like i go whole foods for my socks (laughs) i buy keychains at whole foods i don't know i'm like what do you buy there like everyone buy gallons of milk every time I go shopping. Yeah, I buy gallons of milk to just give to people because I don't drink it. I I printed off pictures of you and glued them to this milk carton. <laughs> That's my next one. I'll give it back to him that way. I don't understand. Is this a pun? I'll be no. like, guess what? I found your Instagram. <laughs> you want to see the photos I printed off? Uh, Sandra goes to a poetry reading and it is just painful to sit through. If in the sky like tiny afternoon a drift of hair It's only love, but gone in the way of everything. If in the morning of your soul, a brush of tenderly imagined lips, it's only love, but gone in the way of everything. She, of course, is forced to read. She kills it, and then she gets really mad, and he says that she's really good. It's really great. I don't know what to say. No, thanks. It's a wonderful, wonderful situation there. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I'm glad you agree. Eddie gets a painting. Of himself, uh, the, the the strip club owner, and he mm. puts this painting up that's like yeah. of his younger self or something. Pretty sure you can see the outline of his penis in the mm-hmm. painting. It's very strange, and he just loves to reflect on that painting. Uh, we have a back and forth between Sandra and the and the guy talking about poetry, non-sexual things, and then Eddie's talking to a gross guy about we. I don't even know what that sentence is about. Mm. I'll just cut that part. Guy two says he wants to kiss the poet. Because she's thinking that he's talking about her stripper way of being. or Mm -hmm. And he's like, I want to kiss just the poet side of you, essentially, which is disturbing. Yeah, I didn't like any of that. And it was weird because I couldn't quite tell what their attempt was at portraying him. Yeah. Where I was like, okay, he seemed to not really have too much of an interest in her until his coworker was like, she's a stripper, though. And then he, like, calls her out at the reading. He's, like, he's that guy in, I think, all the stripper movies that's supposed to be like, oh, look, I'm the person not a part of this world. Like, you could be a normal girl. It's like The Little Mermaid with the prince where he's yeah. like, give up your way of being and, and be my belonging or whatever. Right. It's safer here. Yeah. And then she's like, no, like, this is a part of me. And then once he sees that, you know, later on, we'll just skip over that part. But, like, um, he's, he can't handle it. Right. He's like, oh, no. Like, you're just mine. And it's, you know, that's yeah. this version of that. It's very 
relaxed compared to other films. Right. I wish that they were a little bit more sturdy in what they were trying to say because that is a genuine issue. I know a lot of folks who have a hard time. It's a hard, sometimes it's hard to date. Sometimes it's harder even to be single. Yeah. And, and not have someone to talk about your day with. Um, but some people are like, oh yeah, I, all these people come in, I meet my new future boyfriend at a strip club and he thinks I'm awesome then. And then all of a sudden I'm still a stripper. Mm-hmm. Nothing's changed, but now I'm his girlfriend and now he doesn't want me to be a stripper yeah. anymore. Well, and being queer, mm-hmm. how does that um, impact your work? I mean, I guess either way, like straight or gay, your performances are going to be your performances but Mm -hmm. is it like is it um is your clientele predominantly like straight guys or is it like an even mix uh i just mean like on the day-to-day like you're having to be this character that's like especially in a private dance you're like oh this is (laughs) this is my skill set for private dances Ooh, you're totally into me yeah stuff and things let's make it look like we're having sex yeah yeah it's odd i think it's definitely it's a double-edged sword, too, because mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard for me to find a lot of, you know... like I mean, it's not like we're, we're there, like, looking for a boyfriend. Like, that's right. the image... Like, what we're trying to do is create a sense of intimacy for people. Mm-hmm. And that can all be very genuine, and it, it doesn't always end up resulting in, like, partnership or, like, getting laid or whatever. Like, our, our service as strippers or whatever form of sex work is not... There's a line. There's a little bit of yes. a line there, and sometimes it can get muddled because intimacy emotions vulnerability sex all Part of that of the performance is. is the illusion too yeah there's illusion and it's that's where it gets really interesting is thinking about the like the performative aspects of sex in any way when mm. i'm at home with someone that i care about or like having a one-night stand or whatever is going on like there's always this feeling of am i performing right right and i think it's really interesting to kind of have a job where you're like constantly performing but you're also always trying to be as present as mm-hmm. you can like depending sometimes you know I'll, i'm guilty of this sometimes i'll be like laundry listing in my brain and like making shapes happen right you know whatever i'm like ooh, shape 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 angle 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 like this will work this yeah. is your line of sight like thinking that way but in general like the the best dances experiences i have which i love giving private dances for this reason is you're kind of forced to be present in a sense and you're like i'm feeling your vibe and i'm 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 reading your body language and seeing what you want. Like, yeah, I've had dances before where someone just wants to look me in the eye for a few minutes mm-hmm. or someone wants to hug me for a few minutes yeah. or someone just wants to ask questions and talk. Um, or someone just wants to like, look at only my butt or yeah. only my boobs or only like my armpit hair that's happened. Um, really random. Yeah. In terms of being, in terms of being a queer dancer, mm-hmm. most of us are at least a little queer. Yeah. Um, it's actually kind of helped me out with my sexuality and my like ability to like enjoy men, Mm. you know, I, I don't want to like name my queer identity, but I generally prefer women, but, Mm -hmm. um, it's not hard. Like, I'm sure you're like this. Anyone's like, this is like, yeah, men kind of can suck. Yeah. I don't, that's not surprising to me. So when I started working, I grew up around a lot of them and they are pretty (laughs) terrible. Right. Right. So it's like, okay, that's no shocker. I don't need to work at a strip club to know that much, but if I'm spending more time around men, I can see like the good side and it's mm-hmm. actually really been healing a lot. And, That's great. and I'm not saying like I rule out men always, whatever, you know, like I feel attraction to all sorts of people, but it's actually, it's, it's given me a little bit of a positive aspect. Um, and it's also nice cause I'm like, like a little bit more rarely like turned on and attracted to someone, which is a good thing and a bad thing at work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just want to kind of be turned on. 
you're going to just do better because you're super horny and mm. you want to look horny. So it's just way easier. Yeah. So it's kind of a double-edged sword where I have a little bit more like control over my emotions and my physicality, um, like hormonally. Yeah. But also sometimes I'm like, oh, today I'm really faking it. Today I'm really faking really it. Really phoning it in. Yeah. What about like... Really phoning it in. I love that. If you have a cold or something, mm-hmm. you still have to perform? Mm-hmm. Well, that's got to be a weird... Cough in people's mouths. <laughs> um, There's probably somebody who's like, I'll pay for that. <laughs> um, can I have that? Thank you. Just uh, yeah. mouth coughs? Yeah, sometimes, yeah, being sick and dancing is kind of tough, too. Also, eating weird meals before dancing. Oh, yeah. That's got to be tricky. Yeah, we don't have to talk too much about, like, farts um, during this podcast episode, because I... You know, I don't think that's necessary, but there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. We're all trying to figure out the right diet. We're all trying to figure out like, okay, what's, because healthy diets a lot of times will bloat you because it's a yeah. lot of vegetables and we're like, we don't know. We don't know. There's yeah. a lot of intricacies, you guys. This is a complicated line of work. Yeah. Oh, I bet. No, I was, <laughs> in the first episode, I talked to uh, Michelle Lesniak who won like Project Runway and everything. Mm. And she said the big takeaway, one of the big takeaways was that there's a fart corner and that. Because they're all eating just like hummus and vegetables off the deli tray or whatever. And right. so they just designated in the design studio one corner where people would just go to fart. Yeah. Which is not something I expected to hear from a fashion designer, but is is pretty fantastic. That's such a real thing. Yeah. I mean, that's the reality. People want to pretend that's not a thing. But, you know, people are checking their buttholes and mirrors and, yeah. you know, being... And sometimes it's hard to control it when you're literally spread. Oh, right. Well, it's like yoga where you're doing all these different stretches and yeah. moves and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, things are going to happen. I guess mm-hmm. that's why the music is so loud. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Fog machine, music, it's all just a big distraction. <laughs> Those are things we need in our bathroom. Just like a strobe light, a loud music, a fog machine. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, is there a rave going and on? And then like there? cheap perfume. Oh, yeah. Everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just awful. Then Jesse comes in and things are tough and confusing and hilarious concerning a dominatrix situation with Jennifer Tilly. Hey. Hi. Right, don't talk to him. He's being punished, okay? Uh-oh. Anyway, he doesn't exist. He's just a little pathetic work. Get down on the floor! Did I tell you to sit up? Get down on the floor! So she is... Loved that scene. Yeah, it's the <sighs> best scene in the whole movie. Really... She's doming this guy. Truly. And then in she comes. They're talking, and then the guy being domed starts talking, and she's telling him <laughs> not to talk. And then my favorite thing was in the middle of all this, and, and the, the other girl's going to stay at the apartment, he gets out a little whip and sets it in front of him. He's like, oh, just for when you come back. Yeah. And I just loved <laughs> this weird, like, it's the way it breaks everything down and shows, yeah. like, I was where was the warmth in the rest of the movie? It's like, you feel it in this scene. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's pretty wonderful. It is unnerving that it's happening in her apartment. Yeah. It's interesting. But that's part of that job, that yeah. line of work. Sometimes, sometimes you'll have um, subs come in and, like, live in your apartment, live in a dog cage or like right. clean your house for you every day or something like that. It's a, it's fascinating. Yes. So yeah, I loved that scene so much, especially just like the power dynamics between everyone. everyone. It was fascinating. This girl, she's like, this woman is very dumb. Like I was like, of course she's a dominatrix. So yes. that scene came up. I was like, amazing. Also mm-hmm. like, she's really able to take it out on this guy. Yeah. Not even sure if it's in a good way. Um, <laughs> and then, and then yeah, her coworker comes in and she's just like, what happened to you but also yeah. like screaming at her to stop because she's totally out of control it's it, the fa- the power dynamics in that scene could yeah yeah it's amazing it's wonderful and then when I, we get another crazy scene where daryl hannah stops to look at her picture on a billboard <laughs> and a police officer shows up 
And she almost is out of the situation, mm -hmm. and she asks him to crawl through her car to unlock the door, and he finds marijuana. Um, do you have the handcuff me? I'm afraid I do. It's only take a minute. But you can find me at the Blue Iguana Lake every day. I'm, I'm really a good person, and I have... Ma'am, I'm just going to ask you to stand still just for a few minutes, okay? okay. I'm just going to take a look in the car for your license and registration. Again, mm -hmm. this is the year 2000. So he is, she's in trouble mm -hmm. then at that point. And the whole thing with the scene, the purse is, it's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. uh, then we see a girl performing and she's hit by a dollar. And so I wanted to talk about how do you deal with things like that? Have you had people throw things at you? Is it a situation where you're being pelted with money and you're fine with it? How does... How do you balance that? Um, usually, uh, if money's being thrown, I'm probably not complaining. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> one time I tried to throw a deck at one of the strippers that I work with, and like a deck is in like a large stack of ones. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to like make it rain, whatever, but I think I did it wrong. And so I like, I ended up like whapping her in the butt <laughs> with just like the full stack didn't, you know, you wanted to flutter yes. away like a flock of birds, but it was actually just like on her butt while she oh, was spitting really fast. Funny. You could hear it go, bam. <laughs> I was like, sorry, sorry, honey. sorry. <laughs> sorry, but also here's some money. Um, I have no problems with it. Um, some of the poker players at Lucky Devil will throw chips at the strippers because oh. they think it's funny. Um, so that's that's the controversial yes. thing at my club. Um, is I always make jokes about how none of us have real front teeth anymore. Um, but <laughs> yeah, we we're not covered insurance wise, but we do have dental. <clears throat> is that true? No, oh. that would be cool, though. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's the only weird thing. Usually, if you're throwing money on me, I'm not upset. I don't like, no one, please, it's not classy to, like, drag a dollar along a person's body. That's just kind of disgusting. Yeah. We don't know where it's been. So, throwing money on my private parts is yeah. generally unclean and gross. Yeah. And all of us are pretty much clean freaks, especially, you kind of have to you be have to overcompensate, Absolutely. like, the griminess of a club. Sure. So you have to be, like, really, really, really clean, mm -hmm. again, just to overcompensate. So sometimes if someone's trying to, like, drop money on my pussy, yeah. I'm going to be like, please don't. Yeah. Or, like, some people put a dollar in their mouth and think I'm going to grab it with my mouth. Yeah. I'm like... That's not happening. That's foul and disgusting. Yeah. I mean, some people don't, don't mind. Like, I just, I'm more, perhaps more of a germaphobe than, than others. I'm not saying, like, no one grab a dollar with your mouth. But if you're expecting me to and you don't know me... Not happening. I'm probably going to grab it with my hands and say thanks for tipping appropriately. Nice. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It's respectful. What the fuck you here? You here late, goddammit. Where the fuck were you? You couldn't call? I need VIP night off. Idiot. I swear to God. I can't work anyways. My fucking cramps are so bad. Oh, your cramps are killing you. How long you worked here, Jasmine? I was talking to Joe and Angel. How long you worked here? A year, right? Yeah. When was the last time you got off of cramps? Never. Uh, Sandra asks for time off for cramps, and Eddie says no. Uh, Eddie then screams, you got no life and no friends. It's pretty terrible. This seems to be what this melancholy film is sort of projecting, that these women are actually trapped in this line of work and that despite their efforts or interests they're not gonna escape mm -hmm. or or move on from something which is sort of problematic because it is portraying that there's less than any other thing that you could be doing right it's that's also a really controversial thing to kind of touch on and i'm i'm kind of glad they did it again i don't think the movie was like thoughtfully made enough right you know some things i'm like ooh, almost a good point yeah but still a little too like confusing convoluted not mm -hmm. exactly direct um but so in some environments that can feel absolutely like the case 
However, like we're trying to move into a part in history where in our culture where it doesn't have to feel like that. Right. Where, of course, like trying to get, you know, there's going to be like there's probably going to be kind of a weird resume gap if you're trying to get out. And sometimes if you're really in the industry, it can be really, really hard to get out because it's so stigmatized Mm -hmm. and it can be thought of as so negative when, again, like this industry has taught me so much more about myself than I think a lot of people will ever get the opportunity to learn about themselves as a person. And for me, like largely like my main skill set of things that I pride myself in have come from what I've learned as a stripper. And so, but people we're still in this, at this point in society where we feel comfortable being like top. I wrote independent contractor last time I, I had an interview, which I ended up just telling them, I'm like, yeah. listen, I'm a stripper. Yeah. Can I tell you all of the things that that has done for me as a person? Um, and that's where we're trying to move towards. But it's still, I mean, even in Portland, that's really, really tough because people really look down on it. That's crazy. Still. Yeah. And so that's that. So it can really feel suffocating. So it's hard to keep one. It's 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 almost important to keep one foot in, one foot out. Unless mm. there are a lot of folks who do like their careerist stripping and make a lot out of it and you can totally do that and I, I think that's extremely admirable and very brave and very amazing and like it's such an incredible art form so it can feel trapping i don't like how he did it where he's like you don't have a life yeah you don't have friends it was very like weird gaslighty and also being like you don't have cramps yeah where i'm like yeah. listen sir yes you don't have cramps <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> quit ogling your own penis in that painting exactly <laughs> uh, he then finds uh the poetry book in our bag mm-hmm. like, oh God, what is this? This is so crazy yeah. that she has interests and can read. Who taught you how to read? Yeah, exactly. Then a feature is brought in, and there is a tension between the feature and the one of the performers. She has a specific place she sits and whatnot. Is there an interesting dynamic to that, like where you're working in a club and, a, and an out-of-town feature? I don't know if I'm using the right terminology, mm-hmm. but a performer comes in that's going to be performing. I don't know if there's a hot spot in the evening where you want to be. or mm-hmm. I know in stand-up there's a time slot, but... Yeah, since we're on rotation, it's not necessarily about that, at least at my club. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then also in terms of sometimes, so there's an element of like, you know, rites of passage in in this industry. And so if you've been at a club for X amount of years, like you deserve to have a spot. And like, I know certain coworkers I'll work with who are like, I want to be in on this side or in this corner or in this room or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty easy to just say, okay, sounds good. I've only, I've worked here for a very small fraction of how long you've worked here absolutely I got you you know and that just keeps the peace and it's also just generally respectful yeah to, it's like your elders it's like respecting your elders which is like no longer part of our culture somehow yes it's crazy so I have like zero problem doing that a lot of mm-hmm. people are like but I worked hard too it's like yes you worked hard it's not about working hard sometimes we're all some, doing it we're all doing it just chill out it's like you know it's like pick your battles kind of mm-hmm. thing um but yeah in terms of like guest performers the only ones I've worked with are folks who've already danced at my club previously who just okay. come in who were like visiting town or something okay because that's really like exciting instagram it was like you know someone that has between from ten thousand, then they have like 35 or something yeah. and then they're coming in but what i was seeing and you never know because it's instagram we're all portraying our lives however mm-hmm. was looked like camaraderie community support totally. and then comments on pictures would be from these people that have like 30,000 more followers or whatever and they'd be like no you're awesome when mm-hmm. when one dancer would say that they're awesome and mm-hmm. that kind of I mean they don't have to do that no. so that just makes me feel like what I was seeing and what I did want to have you here to talk about was something that maybe a lot of people didn't think about and that is sort of this this band of people behind the scenes that are taking care of each other and making sure each other are okay or in a good place or yeah you know and that's 
I think very important for people to hear. Yeah, we are all here to care for each other. Yeah. And while of course there's always going to be a tiff or a communication issue because we all have different backgrounds, yeah, like this this industry is it runs on relying on each other. And so I I brought my mom in. She was like, "I'm ready to see you strip." And it was totally awkward and <laughs> she weird. She's a terrifying voice. She, yeah, she <laughs> sounds like this. <laughs> Yeah, she's the Grim Reaper. Um, but she ended up coming and, and she like had all these questions and it was like the sweetest, most incredible experience like any kid could ask for, yeah. even though it's super weird. She's like, it feels like nothing's wrong happening. I just feel like I'm walking in on you like masturbating, which again, like no parent really wants to do, even though you're not in trouble. You're not allowed to masturbate though in the club, are you? No. 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 She That was her analogy. I should be sure. more clear with that. But anyway, she had a question. She was just like, <laughs> you're what like, are you? Do you think that's how I masturbate? Yeah, I'm like, Mom, I have to touch myself to masturbate. Um, <laughs> I mostly just do forward rolls. And... Yeah, I mostly am just like upside down on like a monkey bar. Um, that's my it's thing. It's self-taught. So, it's self-taught. Um, but she was, she, she had a good question where like, there's not always a bouncer sometimes. Oh. Like earlier in the day, usually there's not a bouncer and we all kind of have to function as one. Mm-hmm. And she was like, so what are the things that you do as a collective? Depend, You know, a lot of times it's t- it's strippers you've never worked with. Yeah. Or like when you're on weird rotations or there's always like a revolving door. A lot of times there's new people who've never worked there. Mm-hmm. Usually the ones who stick around are the ones who are no bullshit because we don't want bullshit. Cause right. Especially as a strip club owner, if you've been doing it for 20 years, like you don't want to deal with some petty garbage. You just want people who are professional, yeah. you know? And, um, she was like, yeah, what, what do you guys do in terms of, like, security during the day? And it was funny because I was like, I haven't really even thought about it because we all just kind of genuinely have just our backs. Just do it. Yeah, yeah, We don't have any big talks because I'm not the big dog. There's We don't, like, have, like, a mother. Um, but it's super important for all of us to have each other's backs, especially in environments where, like, it's not always super safe. And, mm-hmm. like, our staff is incredible. And no one – you're not going to catch everything all the time. Sure. And everyone's boundaries are different. And so it's it's – it is important. I agree with you. It's important for our audiences to know that like women function better when we can rely on each other and we can bring each other up. And yeah. it's it's a hard enough world to be a woman or a human in general. Mm-hmm. Like everyone needs to be doing this with each other, whatever gender you are. And specifically women because we are targeted by the media. Again, yeah. as like cat fights yeah. and like we're culturally like encouraged to hate each other and be competitive because yeah, it competitive keeps us apart. Yeah. It keeps a minority mm-hmm. fighting against each other so we can't come together and actually like create change, like yeah. really positive change that would benefit every gender, every person. So very important, very true. You, I'm glad you noticed that on Instagram and all, on online platforms is all of us just worship each other. Yeah. It's awesome. And like, great growth. Super happy to see you doing this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. where'd you get the outfit? Like, I love it. And we're all supportive resources. It's really fun. <laughs> Yeah. And and there can be questions about outfit. So, you know, it's all there. 100%. Yeah. So then the guy comes to the club to see Sandra O oh perform. She gets him a nice spot where he can sit. And like we talked about earlier, he can't take it. Yeah. And and he leaves. Uh, the girl then meets with Elias Codius. They kiss. It's real gross. And <laughs> True. <laughs> and then she wants him to make love to her. She, he says no. And they both cry. Make love to me. It was a scene that was very disturbing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand what's happening. I didn't either. There was a lot of confusion going on. Nico! Then they get to a feature dancing, and she dances to Echo and the Bunnymen's Lips Like Sugar, 
And I was like, well, there's where the budget for the music went. They got an actual song. I know. And I was like, I've danced to this. It's a fave. Yeah. It's a <laughs> so good, it's good. good choice. I was like, someone did some research now. Exactly. Then we see her leave the stage clutching cash. Does every dancer have to rake up the money off the stage? And this is something that my wife said. That makes her sad. Like, I feel like, can't we just get someone to get the, the women's money and take it back to them? Thousand percent. Oh my goodness. Yes. Why that's is this like thing? Like, why do you leave with dignity? Why do you have exactly. to pick the money just up? Like, that's like sad, almost pitiful seeming thing. And like, You should do a bow and be gone. And right. like someone rakes it over and stacks it up for you and brings it back. God, I wonder, I can't remember who I was talking to. I want to make sure I can give them like credit for this idea. It's similar to mine. I'll mash their idea up with mine. Yeah. Is to like hire a part-time like 20-year-old twinky guy. Yeah, there you go. And have him like, and that was a friend's idea. I forget who it was, but have him be just like the hired money sweeper. Yeah. And I want someone with like a push broom. Yes. With like pink mm-hmm. feathers on it. There you go. To just, and he's wearing like a sexy like maid costume. Yeah, ass I would. I would tip him out. I'd pay him. I'd make sure he has enough money. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that was the other thing. I was like, my mom had never been to a strip club. And like once you've been enough, you just know it's the thing. Yeah. You kind of don't notice it anymore. You're like, okay, well, they're going to pick, they're going to crawl around and pick up their money. It's also, I think there's an art to doing it in a tasteful way. Where you want to like present yourself as someone who's like, this is the sexiest part. Yes. Watch me crawl around. <laughs> Watch me crawl around and collect dollars with all my body parts and yeah. find a way off stage. <laughs> you know, like that you can, yeah. you'd have to kind of make it a show. <laughs> okay. Which you shouldn't have to. You should just honestly have like some, some like young dude following <laughs> just, us around, giving us the rest of the money that's been. I think tipped. it was the voice he said or how I feel about myself being naked, <laughs> but it just made me think like I would be like, um, the little goblin guy from the Lord of the Rings movies, because I watch me gather up my money from the stage. Like it just, people just be like, "I'm so creeped out right now." I don't like it. Yeah, this is yes. not attractive. Joke. I totally agree with you, though. That's that's my least favorite part when I'm not when I don't have the energy or creative drive to zhuzh it up in a, a tasteful way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, Daryl Hannah thinks she found the flower guy. She gives him the dance we talked about earlier. It's cross cut with another performer and more terrible music. <laughs> sequences in this movie are so uninteresting and (laughs) and unerotic for something that described itself as erotic not tasteful this movie is the least sexy thing really it's very truly anyway uh she gets a big stack of cash tilly invites her roomie to bed to sing her a song we get sandra crying and smoking as she goes home they talk about the awkward transition i'm burning through all these because we've gone a little long uh Oh, yeah. They talk about the awkward transition of ending a day at 3 in the morning or sunrise or 7. Is this something that you encounter? You said you get your Mm -hmm. schedule on a certain day and you don't really know Mm -hmm. prior that you're like, oh, I'm closing that day. Totally. Yeah. It's I'm glad that you brought that up because that's a huge that's a huge thing for everyone. And some of us are nocturnal some of us have different circadian rhythms some of us are like born to work at night Mm -hmm. and so a lot of people are like well i guess i'll stay up forever but it is it's an awkward transition in terms of how late it is until the next day what do i do do i have commitments the energy of that late at night is very interesting it can be very magical and great and it can also just be like kind of sad and weird and it also kind of touches on this weird like trying to figure out every dancer tries to figure out like a ritual of how to go back into like, how do I go home as Gidget? Right. Yeah. Where does Gidget 
leave yeah. and and I go into bed. Like where where is the mix here? Especially because so like my stripper persona is just so eerily similar to my regular personality. That's there's really it's really hard for me to differentiate mm-hmm. who I am and when and where, um, and like what I have to offer and. Just in terms of even if you've, even if you've worked any customer service job, it's kind sure. of the same. It's just kind of like general face you put on to interact with people on a certain level. When you're going to be like an elevated version of yourself when you're performing, because mm-hmm. you're not going to just go 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 up on stage and just like slowly saunter around like yeah. this is how I feel today. So this is what you get. Yeah, like, you got to be like, hi everyone, yeah. I've never been happier to see you. La la la. Yeah, I had the best day ever. How's yours? Yeah. But yeah, I've, I've I often ask co-workers of mine like what do you do to transition from like sexy stripper to like i'm ready for bed i'm getting in my company right and some people like you know hand wash their underwear and like have this ritual or like always take a shower make sure you're like clean which i definitely prefer sometimes at closing shifts though i'm super tired yeah. but cleaning your underwear off and like like hanging it up or <laughs> one of my co-workers cobra i re- already referenced her before but she um she listens to like two Disney movie songs on the way home, like something from like The Lion King and That's something the else. Purification. Yeah, I was like, that is the cutest, coolest thing I've probably ever heard. Is, what is it Cobra on Instagram? Yes, I think her Instagram is the Pole Cobra. The Pole Cobra. Pretty sure. If not, I'm sure you can type in Cobra and she'll come up. Okay. She's the best. She works at uh, Lucky and at Sassy's. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. She's great. Uh, yeah, so, Cobra, thanks for the amazing idea for transition. I'm still looking for mine. The underwear thing is really helpful. Stretching, going home, listening to something, having tea, like something to keep. Because usually you get, have a nine to five. You get off yeah. work at five and you're like, I'm going to go have dinner. I'm going to go hang out. I'm right. going to go take a nap. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, whatever. And Or meditate. Meditating is huge mm-hmm. as well. And so it's hard when you're like, I need to rush to bed. Right. Because I used to be a stripper while having a nine to five. So I would be like, cool, I have to work at three hours. I need to just go to bed immediately. Uh, yeah. Instead of like, think about my day. Mm-hmm. Write about it. Call my mom. You know, like whatever you need. So I like that they said that. They're like, this is, it's it's a weird, awkward magic yeah. moment. Well, you're, it's separate from the rest of people that work the yeah. nine to five. Like yeah. if you're still awake at three, you know, yeah. in the morning, everyone else has gone to bed except for the night crowd yeah and in portland every bar is already closed so you can't go anywhere really. right it's not like new york or something right you know how like when you're in here and it's always dark it's always like like one o'clock in the morning it's about you know morning stuff inside you mm-hmm. stuff inside you me too um so then the longest scene is, I think, or second longest, is about poetry and a person who loves poetry. And as someone who appreciates the art form, I can tell you this is such a boring scene and it is so <laughs> unerotic. And then they go out to breakfast, two characters, Eddie and another guy, go out to breakfast and the movie ends. And that's the end of the film. Yeah. What? Yeah. I was just like. So mad. And I lived through the 90s independent movies where it's like a day in the life kind of thing. Right. I'm used to it. But I just, this movie is so interesting because I'm not sure why it exists. Right. There's like not quite enough buildup of any, there's like some buildup of every character. Like I was talking to your wife about, I was like, okay, so everyone, there's like, everyone could have been the protagonist. Yeah. And you never find out who it is because nothing ever finishes. Yes. Or there's not enough buildup to really be invested in any one character. No. By the end of the movie, I was like, 
I guess that's fine. I didn't really care too yes, much to find out. I guess that's fine is what they should have called the film. <laughs> I guess like, that's fine at the Blue Iguana. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> the dancing was so minimal. Right. It's just, I mean, I really appreciate the film for us to have this conversation because we were able to touch on some of the many interesting aspects of, of the profession, but uh, it's such an odd duck of a film. I know. Yeah. I also, the first trailer, I, I watched two trailers oh, for it, the and there was one trailer where it yeah. was just like weird, bad club music. Oh, that's not even in the movie. Did Yeah, I know. Did you see that trailer? Yeah. I was like, is he really going to make me watch this? Yeah, I know. It's 2002, which is like, oh, this is going to be rough. We're at the turn of the century, yeah. coming out of the 90s. The yeah. aesthetic can be really rough, but because it was in a strip club, it kind of fit. Yeah, you and know. then I watched another trailer where it was actually like some lines, yeah. some slightly interesting or intriguing scenes, and However I was like, oh, they okay. cut that. Yeah, yeah, got it. But that one first trailer, I was like, oh god, this man's gonna make me watch yeah, this thing. <laughs> I know. I have unfortunately asked people to watch movies that they did not like, mm-hmm. and this was at least relative. It was like engaging enough. Yeah, I'm just hoping to talk about something that people probably haven't seen because they mm-hmm. are they all the actors are doing excellent performances. Mm-hmm. It's just. The way this thing is put together yeah. feels disjointed. And, yeah. you know, even like Jennifer Tilly is, I think, fantastic as this character. Mm-hmm. But the way that it's structured, when she's going off, there's nothing leading up to that. You're just right. like, here's a crazy Jennifer Tilly scene. And you're just like, all right. It's kind of like what you were saying before, where you're like, I need to get a private dance for science. Right. It's like, I would I would recommend watching it. I wouldn't yeah. say don't watch it, but it's more of like out of curiosity about what they're trying to do. Yeah, exactly. I, I, exactly. Yeah, if it was for science. Yeah. I watched it and I was like, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why do they... F- I like watching movies like that sometimes where you like don't necessarily trust the creative pr- yeah. process Yeah, no, that's my it. favorite thing. I mean, to pick a movie for us to have a conversation about that I had never seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a wild card. Yeah. You know, like we've never talked... I've never seen this movie, and I'm like, let's get together and talk about this movie and record it. I've never met you. (laughs) Let's try it. Let me ask you questions about your life. Let me bring a stripper into my house and talk about this movie that neither of us know about. Yeah. I love it. I think it's great. This is a great podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is probably going to be a two-parter, so it'll be the first. Yeah. We've talked about so many interesting things, I think it's going to have to. But we finished talking about the film and reached the final part of the podcast. Another game? (laughs) No, even better. It's just my favorite questions at the end, and these are just about you. So are there any common misconceptions about being a performer, stripper, or dancer? No. Why would you think that? Yeah. (laughs) It's all Uh, well understood. It's all very well understood, not stigmatized, and always positive. Um, Yeah. Many many of the ones that you would assume, right? Where, like, people make so many assumptions about who I am when I say I'm a stripper. I also have the privilege of feeling safe enough in most of the environments I spend time in in the day to be able to say, hi, I'm a stripper. So I feel like part of my work yeah. in the industry, um, it, it, lives in, it lives there where I can, I feel like my responsibility, I suppose, as a stripper is to normalize it a little bit more for people because some folks don't have the opportunity to or don't feel safe talking about right. it. Right, yeah. And so there's a little bit of like, a be- that's part of the camaraderie of it as well. Where, like, sometimes you don't have the opportunity to meet people who don't have the same level of privilege. But, you know, we gravitate towards people of similar yeah. breeds. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't live in a community near people who don't have this, a similar set of things that have led them to be in my periphery, I guess, is, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I have the opportunity to start talking about it. I always, like, sometimes I'll, like, order coffee or I'll be, like, at a meeting at a coffee shop and I'll get something and I'll pay in ones. 
And I'll be like, oh, it's just my dirty stripper money. <laughs> and they'll laugh awkwardly. And I'm like, I'm serious. <laughs> and then they're like, I'm not going to take that dollar out of your mouth. Like, would you just. <laughs> yeah, I try to feed it to them. I like show. I like. You do the same thing. Yeah. That's how you pay people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put it in my mouth and make them take it out. You just. How much is that? They're like, uh, $4. You start building a little house. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh my God, that's brilliant. I'm going to do that next time. Sorry, it's taking so long to pay. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard that to build is... these houses. God, how do I make an origami heart again? God. <laughs> Oh, that's the worst. Um, yeah, so there's definitely, like, negative stigmas that come with it, but I feel very fortunate to be in a position where I can talk about it with that. folks. Yeah. And it feels really important. And I have some – there are so many um, amazing people in the industry in Portland specifically who do that. Um, like Elle, uh, she's stripper writer on Instagram. Okay. She has her own podcast, actually. Oh, great. It's called Strange Bedfellows. I don't know the exact – tag to find I'll it find on. i find it and put it on, yeah. Yeah, but if you can find her on, on Instagram, she does a lot of work arounding, like, around... That's great. Yeah, like, exposing the truth about sex, sexuality, everything. Like, she's also more politically involved as well, so she talks a lot about activism in that regard. So it's definitely, there's a lot of misconceptions, and I find myself going through a lot of the process of, like, mm -hmm. I'll think of myself as less than sometimes, because the stigmas run so deep. Oh, yeah, for sure. And there's... It's so much harder of a job than I ever thought it would be. And I I grew up a performer. So there's there's like the meta slash philosophical realm yeah. that comes with being like, who am I for the world at any given moment mm -hmm. in in the sense of that I what, – what do I provide for people in the world? And you have the opportunity and also so much time on your hands to be thinking about that. Yeah. And it can drive you mad. Like I went through a, a dangerously low mental health period when I first broke into full-time stripping when I mm. when I kind of stepped all in yeah and kind of said goodbye to a lot of the rest of the structured world where I was like faced with the the understanding of like I don't have the distraction of work you know when you're at your nine to five yeah. and you're like I can't yeah, wait yeah, yeah. to like make my podcast on the weekends so or whatever and like when you have every minute of every day to do whatever you want with the oh the only accountability you have is yours to yourself you have like a lot of time and opportunity to get really yes. in your head yeah i mean that's we work for ourselves we make our own schedule that means that we are responsible for everything mm -hmm. and when things aren't we have a natural ebb and flow because of holiday seasons and right. things like that uh you have downtime like mm -hmm. we have maybe two and a half months where yeah. that's a lot of time to think the empire is crumbling right you know and, and you're like and oh our brains just naturally go that way like if yeah. we're not doing the thing then it's just like it's all over like you're right failed. like it's yeah. so ridiculous you have to choose what you assign value to yeah. and when that's your entire responsibility of a living breathing creature where you're yeah. like okay life and nature and existing as a human just involves like air wind food yeah. entertainment like what is the value of life and you have so much opportunity to think about that because the structure that we are raised to believe is all of it mm -hmm. is no longer relevant yeah and that's the one of the hardest parts of being a an independent contractor yeah. or independent worker mm -hmm. or and a, and a stripper specifically yeah. as well as you know because it's in the independent life in addition to all of the stigma in addition to the, the fact that you are performing a version of yourself for people and like you would also assign value to like what that looks like for you because you also have to figure out who am I and a, an element of self-awareness is knowing how you are perceived by people yes. and people don't necessarily know how to break down elements of self-awareness. That's correct. There's also a really good book called Insight. Oh, I forget the name of the, the author. Um, 
Tasha. No, I forget what her name is. We'll have to. I'll have to add it in yeah, later. Yeah. Whatever. Um, Tasha Yurik, I think. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Insight. It's all about the elements of self awareness. Inside or insight. Insight. Okay. Yeah. So an element of it is a knowing how you are perceived to people, and so especially like a lot of a lot of us are very young. A lot of people start at eighteen. Mm-hmm. Who like I had no idea who I was. I still am learning. Everyone's learning forever, and so yeah. no, like being able and like having this like kind of responsibility to know how you come off and what to do to manipulate that Mm -hmm. and how to enjoy it and how to make it your own and like what you were saying you're like do you slap your heels against what's your move like what's your move what's your thing what's your thing so learning your own flavor learning your thing and the people who are attracted to you is such an incredible opportunity for like learning Mm -hmm. you know and so so there's there's a lot more to it i think than a lot of people believe yeah there's so much to it yeah. And it's rare for people to get an opportunity. Like people will ask all the time, Ugh. I mean, we have a daughter that's at school, so you meet other parents and they instantly are like, what do you do for a living? Oh my. And it's just like, it's always just this surface thing. Mm-hmm. They're just like, I have got that fact, moving on in conversation. But to actually get to sit down and talk to like an independent contractor and have them go through the ins and outs or the pluses and negatives is, is fascinating because that's how we actually learn about each other. And you right. can't really do that when you're working. Right. Which is when most people would interact with you. Is they, totally. You're like, I'm on the clock right now, so yeah. I can't really yeah. get, delve into that. Right. And it's interesting to have a job where sometimes you have to act like it's not your job. Yeah. And also you have to understand, like, you have to constantly be reminding people that, like, your identifier isn't necessarily who you are. Yes. Or it is and it's okay. You yeah. know, when sometimes people, people will inevitably look at anyone funny when they say mm-hmm. whatever job they have. Yeah. And, and I also being someone who asks that kind of question all the time because I small talk and make build tiny relationships yeah. daily for a living is sometimes I just want to ask, okay, what do you like to do? Mm-hmm. What do you like to do with That's your free time? That's a better time? question. Yeah. It's also less intrusive. Some people don't want to, they don't want to tell you how much money they're making. Right. <laughs> you never know. It's true. Yeah. Uh, what's a good day like for you? Like a good work day? Yeah. You're like, oh, what's a good weekend like? Um, a good work day for me... It's so, it's, it's very emotional. It's, it's going, it's going into the day, like showing up for work already feeling good. Mm -hmm. So if I've already had a a productive morning or if I've gotten a couple things done that I like to do, like my releases come from creativity. So if I haven't sung in a while, I get cranky. Yeah. If I haven't exercised or if I haven't written or if I haven't made something creatively for a while, then I get really cranky. Um, so ideally a good day is like I've had the opportunity to do something productive mm-hmm. creatively creatively, at home with friends. I've gotten to meditate, eat something healthy that doesn't make me feel gross at work. And I show up to work and expect nothing. Nice. Having a day where I f- do the impossible of having no real expectations, which humans rarely have. Yeah. Um, but that's a good day. That's great. Obviously making good money is great and like having fun visitors, mm-hmm. but having no expectations is, is the best. And also like anytime I get to work, I love my coworkers. I always leave Devil's Point like weeping with joy because yeah. I get to work with them. Even if it's slow, we have the camaraderie aspect. We have like so much to share with each other Mm -hmm. so that's a good day obviously making great money like i had an amazing day last week where it was like the least expected happened Uh, most of my money came from two people which is usually how it is and neither of them asked too much of me tried to overstep boundaries they were all very polite and just paid very generously and were very kind that's awesome it was absurd and like conversations are great if i can go to work and have like a meaningful conversation with someone that is like igniting and inspiring to me yeah that's that's a great day 
That's awesome. Yeah. What is a bad day? Is none of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if I don't have the opportunity to like do anything productive before work, if I wake up on the wrong side of the bed, if I'm feeling gross in my body, because mm-hmm. you have to, you know, you have to have a certain element of like, this is it. Right. You don't have to be like, I'm obsessed with myself, but you got to be like, this is it. Take it or leave it. When yeah. you're comfortable enough with who you are. Because I'm not like, I don't have like a specific body type that is like generally always palatable. You know, not everyone likes what I have to offer as same for, same goes for everyone, you know, like, so sometimes it's easy to forget that and be like, I want to be everyone's flavor when you will never be. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the, something that I I think about all the time is we don't ever, we don't often say this enough to ourselves. uh, This isn't for me. Like, yeah. we're always judging things. Or our brain is like, I like this. I don't like right. this. A I general better people. or worse than. But there's, like, endless possibilities in the world. And it's just like, just go, oh, this isn't for me. Oh, this is for me. Or mm-hmm. whatever. Just turn your focus towards something that you do appreciate rather than be stuck on things that we don't, yeah. if that makes sense. And yeah. I think we do it with ourselves, too, where we're just like, ugh, like, so upset rather yeah. than finding something that's more positive. It's a taste so. thing. It's You're right. Exactly. It's such a good way of putting it. Like... Just because I don't like chocolate doesn't mean... That's not true, everyone. It doesn't mean chocolate's bad. It doesn't mean chocolate's bad. Yeah. At all. Or I don't like this movie. This movie's stupid. Or really, that movie's just not for you. you yeah, know? exactly. Find something that, that is for you, and maybe yeah. you'll be a little bit in a better mood than right. just like, all these things don't interest me. Right. You know? So, yeah. So, a day where, where, you don't, we've, where you really feel out of touch with that, mm-hmm. or you feel like, I have immense capability to be social... And I pride myself on, like, my skill in uh, that lies in, like, making everyone feel comfortable in a room. Doesn't matter yeah. who you are. And, like, um, I kind of grew up as a mediator. Yeah. So that was always really easy for me. But some sometimes I, I can't find my charm. And I'll show up to work sure. and I'll be like, and I'm, like, funny but not in the fun way. Funny in the way where people are like, I don't want to keep watching this. Right. I feel really uncomfortable. It's like the scene in the Blue Iguana where the the uh, where she's trying to adopt the kid. Yeah, we're like, I don't want to watch it. It's not working. Making me uncomfortable. Yeah. So when you're at work like that and you're like, I feel weird in my body. I don't. Sometimes you'll go on stage and you'll be like, I don't know how to dance. I don't know what that thing is on there. Do right. I touch it? Do I touch the pole? <laughs> like sometimes I'll forget every dance move I've ever learned for no yeah. particular reason. So yes. There's a lot of, like, centeredness that you have to really focus mm-hmm. on, at least for me, because I'm sensitive in certain ways that maybe other dancers aren't. Yeah. But um, that's a bad day. And this brings us to the last question, and it's my favorite. Great. What are your dreams like? Like at night? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not my daydreams? Um, actually, since I started practicing TM, they've been a little bit more vivid. Oh. Uh, that's a fun thing. I also try and convert everyone to learning transcendental meditation. Yeah, that's the big takeaway, I think. Yeah. Watch the Blue Iguana movie and learn TM. <laughs> yeah. So go to the... <laughs> in that order. In that... Yes. Yeah. In that order. Actually sandwich it. Yeah. Um, Make your mantra something iguana related. Yeah, exactly. Build your own. Um, so they've been increasingly more vivid. I do have a lot of... And my meditations actually, because medita- like TM is actually also like, it's sort of like consciously getting yourself into a dream state where you're right. like, am I asleep? Yeah. So yeah, some, some of my dreams are really bizarre. I have a lot of them where I'm not flying, but I'm like hovering three or four feet above the ground, like walking oh. around. I'd like to think it's a power thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, my stress dreams mostly involve like my teeth falling out or being yeah, late. Yeah, that's true. That's I'm like always yeah. late to something yeah. and I can't find my way there. Mm-hmm. That's that's a huge one for me, also because it's largely true. I was 15 minutes late today. 
Not that it mattered. <laughs> Not that it mattered because I had the day wrong. So that's a little independent behind the contractor yes. life, everyone. <laughs> everyone, quit your job and try this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot of my dreams are like that. I do definitely have a lot of stripper dreams because yeah. it's it's so easy to be absorbed in it. Yeah, the work dreams. That's where the question really comes from. Is like you yeah, know, what what. Like when I worked retail, it was folding shirts. Like you're endlessly folding mm-hmm. shirts that people are just unfolding. It's that monotony that your brain is just like, oh, this is what we're doing day in and day yeah. out. There's... So the stripper dreams, are you just performing or? The thing is, is that it seems like a monotonous job like any other because there's really only a few things that happen. Mm-hmm. But it is not. It, it doesn't right. feel that way, at least for me. I think it might for other folks. But for me, I'm. it's such a creative pursuit where every every time I'm on stage, I'm like, trying to think in terms of like, I'm so scientific about it because I grew up with that education. So I'm like, okay, levels. How often do I go back here next to the mirror? How often do I do floor work or go up high or flip or like, what do we need? So I'm thinking so scientifically about it Mm -hmm. and strategically. And I'm also, we also all get absorbed in each other's lives. So we're like on Instagram and I'm looking at all these poll videos being like, how the F did you do that? And then I'm obsessively trying to like, problem solve and figure out how to do a pull trick while sleeping <laughs> and getting really imaginative and all of that yeah. and sometimes things will come so it's definitely a lot of like it's definitely very strippery i don't have a lot of like dreams that people probably think strippers have where they're like i got abducted by a scary guy oh, God. or like like a million sex dreams about the club or oh, you know yeah. like some people have certain You're people like, think yeah that guy i gave a lap dance to really was special i really do want to marry him <laughs> oh my god there are some special guys. I love my clients. Oh, sure. Yeah. I love them. I uh, don't often dream about them. I'm sure. I have, though. I have dreamt about clients before. 100%. And they're usually really sweet. That's nice. I don't usually That's have good. weird bad dreams. Usually, I, I like to, We pick our clients. Yeah. If you're if you're a stripper's client, be a good boy or girl, and congrats. There it's always go. good to know a stripper. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough for this. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you for watching the Dancing at the Blue Iguana. It was an honor. There it is. And thanks for coming in and recording. Yes, thank you so much for having me. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye.